0: Hello my lovely listeners, I'm Dr. Mary Barson and I'm Dr. Lucy Burns. Welcome to this episode of Real Health and Weight Loss. Good morning lovely listeners, Dr. Lucy here on another beautiful winter's morning. I'm here with my good friend who you know well, Dr. Mary. How are you this morning, Mayors?
1: I'm very well, thank you. Just been for a swim uh, this sunny, wintry
0: morning. I'm feeling, I'm feeling good. Wonderful, wonderful. So today we thought we'd just go back to a few basics because we do often people often say, in a nutshell, tell me what to eat. So, Dr. Mary, when people say that to you, what do you say?
1: Oh, well, I, I usually like to do it with an aid of a blank piece of paper, but I'll, yeah, everyone's just going to have to use their imaginations now. I talk about building a plate. It's really simple and it's the foundational skill of, of eating a well-formulated, low-carb, real food diet. You start off, you pick your protein. And your protein could be meat, fish, eggs, seafood if you're not eating animal proteins we generally recommend people you do but if you're not eating animal proteins then it's probably going to have to be tofu or temper it's a high protein plant-based sauce or or pea protein powder so you pick your protein and then you add in your low-carb veggies or your low-carb salad you add in a bit of fat to taste a little bit of fat for the cooking and then your salt and your spices that's build your plate you start with your protein, then you add in your veggies and salad and make sure there's, you know, enough fat in there to keep it satiating, maybe one to two tablespoons of fat within the meal, and then you've got your
0: salt and your seasoning. Absolutely. This is the formula that makes it so easy because we really, really love protein. There's lots of reasons, and we're going to talk about those. But yeah, it makes it so simple when you just go, right, what protein am I going to have? And you know, it could be mince, could be steak, could be beef, could be lamb, could be chicken, could be fish, it could be eggs. And look, it could be dairy. Dairy is probably not enough. There's probably not enough protein in dairy to have that as like the sole source of your protein. And for some people they don't eat a lot of dairy, or as Mary mentioned for the vegetarians, the only real low carb option is, is tofu and tempeh most other proteins in vegetarian land come packaged with carbs that, you know, lentils and all of those, unfortunately, have a lot of carbs. Now, again, if you're not insulin resistant, if you're not trying to lose weight and you want to eat lentils, go for it. I'm not lentil phobic, but if if you've got insulin resistance, then lentils probably, and, and their friends, probably not going to be helpful. Absolutely. We love
1: protein. So an example of this build your plate idea, when you get your protein, then you add in your veggies, you make sure that you've got enough fat in there just to keep it delicious and satiating. And you have your your seasoning and salt as well would be like a beautiful piece of steak with a delicious salad. And then you've got the little bit of fat within the steak. That might be all the fat that you need. You might not need to add any more fat to it. Or you might want to put a little bit of olive oil and, and seasoning on your salad. That's a beautiful meal. Or it could be some delicious fried eggs with a bit of spinach and mushrooms. That's And there's, there's fat in the eggs and you've cooked them in a bit of oil. That's a delicious low-carb real food meal right there. It can be incredibly easy it can literally be you know eggs and spinach steak and broccoli or it could be a really complex you know homemade curry where you've got your mortal and pestle out and you're you know grinding up your own cumin seeds that's fine too and all the ingredients are mixed together and you just sort of roughly conceptualize that you've got your protein and your veggies all mixed in there together
0: I think um, if anyone wanted to sort of, I'd do a little cooking show on Facebook on a Tuesday night. Has been at five o'clock. It's just about to change to 5.30 because I'm always late to my own show, which is unhelpful. <laughs> but again, I will usually bang together a low-carb real food dish. Low-carb low carb real fast is really what it should be called <laughs> uh, because it's usually done, you know, on the plate ready in less than 20 minutes. So it doesn't have to be. In, in our heads, because we're so used to doing all or nothing, in our heads we're either buying takeaway or doing MasterChef. There's actually an in-between <laughs> where you can just bang together a really delicious low-carb real food for the family that the whole family are going to eat really quickly.
1: I love it, Lucy. Your meals are made in less time than it would take someone to drive through the Macca's drive through to go out, get Macca's and come home. You have made a delicious, nutritious meal in less time. And for often, I would say probably even less money.
0: Yeah, absolutely. All of those are on our website. If anyone ever wanted to have a look on our blog, we have a blog post. So lots of recipes, lots of demonstrations on how to do it. So it doesn't have to be hard. But mayor's We do love protein, and, you know, I think it's really important for our listeners to know why. Why do we love protein?
1: Protein is an absolutely essential nutrient. We've got our three macronutrients that make up our food, carbohydrates, protein, and fat. There are no essential carbohydrates. You can live without carbs. You can and you'll be fine. We have a few essential fats, uh, the essential fatty acids and some essential um, fat-soluble vitamins. You can't really live with no fat. Protein in particular is especially essential. It's an essential nutrient that we use to um, make all of the structures in our bodies, all of the enzymes in our body. It's an incredible part of, incredibly important part of every single bit of us,
0: and we need it. And I think it's um, important for when we use the word essential, we have two phrases in, in nutrition. There's essential and non-essential. Non-essential doesn't mean that our body doesn't need it. It often means that our body can make it itself. How clever is our body? So incredibly clever. We can make stuff.
1: That's true. That's true. Our body will make sugar. Um, that's a very good point there, Lucy, that we do like to have a little bit of sugar in our blood. We like our blood sugar to be nice and normalized. And if we don't eat sugar, our liver will happily make just the right amount of sugar. And our body will make lots of proteins that we need, but to create all of the cells and and all the structures within our body, but we need to get the raw ingredients and the raw ingredients, the most important raw ingredient that we eat is protein. And it's so incredibly important that we get the right amount of protein that our brains have got multiple redundant pathways that control our desire for protein. And if we just listen to our bodies, our bodies will actually, most of the time, for most people will let us know how much protein we need. This can be a scary idea for a lot of people. But, you know, protein is such a crucial nutrient that the brain has specific mechanisms that will increase our desire for protein if we need more protein. And if we're getting enough, then then our desire for protein will go down. And these mechanisms are really strong and they're really difficult to override through willpower alone. So, you know, generally for most people, I recommend that they simply eat as much protein as they crave. But if that's too frightening, a concept for people, Lucy, how much protein should people
0: be eating? It's a difficult question overall because people are all different sizes. They're very
1: different, yes.
0: So, you know, you've got small people and big people. And so if you're a small person, then you may need roughly, say, 60 grams of protein a day. If you're a big person, then you might need 120 grams of protein a day, give or take. I think that, again, these are always just rough, rough ideas and you don't need to have the same amount of protein every day because our body can make a lot of its own proteins and it can recycle proteins. But you can't do that if you never, if it's always undernourished. So the most important thing is, though, that 100 grams of meat, for example, is not 100 grams of protein. So when we say 60 grams of protein, sometimes people think, oh, that's not very much. 60 grams of meat. Like, that's, wow, that's how a tiny anything. little
1: sliver of steak. Yeah. Yes.
0: Yeah, no. So no. The rule of thumb is that meat has roughly 20 grams of protein per hundred grams. So that's whether it's red meat or white meat. It's roughly. Some of them are a little bit more, some of them a little bit less, doesn't matter. So most nights, if I'm having meat, I have 250 grams of meat. So if I make something with half a kilo of mince in it, I'll have half of that. So that's 250 grams. And that gives me roughly 50 grams of protein in that meal. We know that eggs have about six or seven grams of protein per egg. So you can go three eggs, about 20 grams of protein. It's always good to try and work out, are there any little ways to sneak in a bit of extra protein? So in your salad, you know, I'm a big fan of always adding an egg to the salad. It's easy. It's easy. If you boil up your eggs at the start of the week, you've always got a dozen eggs in the fridge. You can always whack in an egg.
1: Yeah, I I think that a lot of people don't eat enough protein to support good health. I think that there's lots of people out there who've got conditions where, you know, it would be useful to eat more protein and that is basically anybody with any kind of chronic illness or chronic inflammation, people who are stressed probably need to increase their protein intake to help their body heal and overcome the effects of the chronic illness or the chronic stress because stress actually increases wear and tear on our body and it actually literally increases the rate at which the tissues break down. There's this concept called allostatic load. And an allostatic load is like, it's like the cost of chronic exposure to the hormonal and neural elements of elevated stress. Anything that we perceive as stressful, it results in in increased tissue breakdown, uh, particularly the collagen proteins. And so if you're somebody who's, who's quite stressed and I, in my experience... Kind of most people are. Eating more protein can be a really helpful way, as well as other other aspects of stress management, to help you to help your body heal and to overcome the effects of chronic stress, as well as people trying to lose weight. Eating more protein is, I think, a very effective tool because not only is protein an essential nutrient that we need, and we probably a lot of us aren't eating enough. It's extremely satiating when you eat protein and fat together. That is why the low-carb, real food, build-your-plate philosophy is the way that it is.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think, um, you know, you all will have heard in previous episodes and I talk about you can eat nine Tim Tams reasonably easily but eating 12 eggs, even though they have the same calories, Eating 12 eggs in a row for most people is pretty hard. Your body says enough, enough, thanks very much.
1: That's right. And you talk about the CHOP test as well, which I love, which is, again, those yes. those mechanisms that just our body lets us know when we've had enough protein in particular <laughs> after your meal. Yeah. I love this. Is, this is a Lucyism, but I love it, that after you've eaten your meal and, you know, there's, there's the opportunity to have a bit more dessert or something is coming along, but if you sort of think about if somebody offered me a chop right now, would I want the chop? And if the answer is definitely no, then you've had enough. You associated. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I think that's the difference, isn't it? Learning to tell the difference between desire and hunger is really crucial because, you know, if you're hungry, you have to eat. Like you, you know, it's mean to your body to deny it nutrition if it's hungry. So if you're hungry, please eat. If you're not actually hungry, you just desire, well, that's the mindset stuff that we work on. But for a lot of people, they don't don't know the difference because we're not taught. We don't talk about it enough Mm. or we've never really thought about it. We just have breakfast, lunch and dinner at the same time every day regardless.
1: And what about when people fast? Because I do get asked this question a lot. So I talk about protein is an essential nutrient. Base your meals on protein. I discuss how to build a plate and draw it out for them. Uh, but then people, what about when I'm fasting? You know, you're telling me that every now and again I should be doing these intermittent fasts. That they're really good for my health. Yep. Yeah, so just clarify why this is okay.
0: Well, I think if we look at humans in general, again, humans are. We now live in houses and we have regimented lifestyles. That's not how we evolved. We evolved like lots of creatures to be hunter-gatherers and, you know, food came in fits and starts and our body can actually cope with that. So when we're fasting, you will have a a lower protein day. I mean, if you're doing a 36-hour fast, you're obviously going to have a day with no protein. That's okay, because the next day you'll have a bit more. It's like we talk about with chronic calorie restriction. It's the chronic undersupply of protein that is the problem. When you chronically, when chronic, remember chronic just means time. It's, it's not a measure of severity. It's a measure of time, like chronicity. So when you constantly under-eat protein, that's when your body suffers. If you're doing it here and there, again, we're we're adaptable species, we're very resilient, then that's fine.
1: And, yeah, our bodies are completely designed to go without food for short periods of time and we will recycle through our old damaged cells and tissues and use those proteins to build whatever new enzymes or cells that we need to build that day. Our bodies are a lot smarter than we give them credit for. They don't need a constant supply of calories or, or
0: food to work
1: properly, we're actually much more sophisticated than that.
0: Exactly. And I think what we do need though, and this is probably, and we have talked about it, rather than focusing on calories, we need to focus on nutrient density. Our current Western diet is full of empty calories. And so we are constantly in nutrient deprivation with fuel excess.
1: And some of the most nutrient-dense foods that you can eat are the foods that are rich in protein, your meat, your eggs, your fish, your seafoods. These are some of the most nutrient-dense foods on the planet, especially organ meats, if you can go that way. They are also incredibly (laughs) nutrient-dense.
0: They are, and we did do an episode recently with uh, Jessica Turton, who gave a great tip on if you go to a butcher to get your mince, just get them to add a little bit of minced liver through it. You won't even taste it, but it will transform your your meat, your mince, which is already pretty nutrient-dense, into like a superfood.
1: Absolutely. I love that idea. Yeah, I hide liver in things. Yeah. Yep. I do that all the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, and, I, and I, you know, I hope my family don't listen to this because I don't tell them. Uh, they eat more <laughs> organ meat than they realise. <laughs> No, that's, that's wonderful. <laughs> I, Good. I thought I might share my plates today. Some people are, are interested in what we eat. So I've just, just been sitting here calculating because I've already had breakfast and lunch. Today was an eating day for me. I have three meals today. I don't always have three meals, but I wanted three meals today. Felt right for my body. So I had two eggs and some broccoli for breakfast. So that's probably going to be about 15 grams of protein. I had some sliced chicken thigh and salad for lunch. So that's probably about another 30 grams. And I'm gonna have a steak tonight, which it's not that big. I'm probably gonna be about another probably about another 30 grams of protein in there. So all up, I'm probably gonna be having, what am I what that Was about about 75 to 80 grams of protein today for me is in, in my meals. So my meals were are going to well have been. Two eggs and broccoli, some sliced chicken breast and salad. It was pretty delicious. I made a really nice salad dressing. And I'm um, having steak and whatever veggies I can scrounge around. Tonight And that's going to be 80, 90 grams of protein probably. And that would be reasonably typical for me. I'm not a particularly huge person. And that just feels right. That's not me aiming to have a particular number for protein. It's just being guided by what feels right and how much I want and how much my body tells me that I want.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, even like if I'm out, we went out yesterday. My husband and I had brunch at about... Well, it was all day brunch, so it was actually about two o'clock. And um, they had beef brisket that had been slow cooked with a couple of poached eggs and some beautiful hollandaise sauce with a side that had a mushroom um, with some feta on it. So naturally, it was meant to come with a bagel, but I just said to them, don't put the bagel on. And it was beautiful and so filling. And, you know, when I ate that amount of food at 2 o'clock, then dinner for me was much smaller because I was quite full still. You listen to your body. Totally. Totally. Makes it so easy. Makes it so easy. So, Lovelies, I think protein. Protein is protein. Did you hear that? Protein. 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 Definitely prioritise your protein. Add a couple of veggies Add some fat if your protein's lean. If your protein's pork belly, well, you probably don't need to add any fat, but if your protein's eye fillet, beautiful knob of butter on it, it's delicious. And then your flavour, which is, you know, your herbs, your spices, your salt, pepper, whatever, to make it delicious. Your body will thank you. Simples. Bye-bye. So, my lovely listeners, that ends this episode of Real Health and Weight Loss. I'm Dr. Lucy Burns. And I'm Dr.
1: Mary Barson. We're from Real Life Medicine. To contact us, please visit rlmedicine.com.
0: And until next time, thanks Thanks for for listening. listening.